Yo, what's good? This is your brother for real, and welcome to episode two of the Faith and Flow podcast. This week, we're talking to Nico Ime about his project, his life, how he came up in America from the DR. Let's get into the story. I am so excited for this day. I'm really excited. One of my brothers is here. Um, this brother that I'm about to introduce y'all to is an international artist. He is a producer. He is a songwriter. He is an extraordinary uh, musician. Uh, this brother is a great father. He is a faithful husband. And most of all, his biggest accolade is that he is a servant of God. Y'all, I would like to introduce you guys to none other than my guy, Mr. TNT Dimalo, hey. Nico Ime. Dimalo. Yes, sir. I, 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 wish, I wish I could have you introduce me everywhere I go. I, hey, listen, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll be gladly, gladly uh, on tour with you, Let's bro. Let's go. For sure, for sure, man. How you doing, man? Doing good, man. I, I'm happy to be here. Listen, I am honored that you're here. Uh, I've known you for, what, six, seven years? It's about, about seven years, I believe, since. Dang. And we met through. Time flies, man. I know. <laughs> it's crazy, bro. We met through Baltimore. We were yep. we were both uh, recording his album that 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 evening. And when I met you, bro, I was like, it was at my apartment, right? Or was it? It at, was at, at, the, at the church. At the church okay. in the basement. Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you played a song for me, and I was like, "Yo, <laughs> this guy is remarkable, man. You man. have a an amazing gift for Thank music." You, and uh, God has definitely just gifted you, bro. And I, I've always admired you from afar, but also yeah. up close because I know Let's you. Yeah. And uh, my guy, um, I want to kind of get into the foundation. Where did you find your faith and where did you find your gifting and start using that in your faith? Okay. So before we get into that, yeah, I want to just let the people know that day I was so sick. I think I brought an extra engineer. Wow, that's right. Yayo was I brought there, Yayo right? with me. Yes. Because I was like, I don't even know if at, at, at some point I'm going to pass out. I need something. And he was like taking over while I was while I was feeling like horrible. And I was like this. I, I do remember that. Man, <laughs> that's right, bro. Yayo yeah, was man. in the room. Yeah. That's He's, what's up. He helps me out whenever. <laughs> Shout out to Yayo, yeah, man. For real, for real. That's, that's what's up, um, bro. But for me, um, it's a long story, but I'm going to make it short. Uh, 2015. Well, I grew up. Wanting to play basketball. Mm. That's really what I wanted to do. Like, I fell in love with basketball since I was little. That's that's what we did after school, before school, mm. almost during school. Like, it, it was everything Ball was life, right? <laughs> Ball was life, baby. That's mainly the reason why we came to the U.S. Because mm. my brother and I convinced our parents that it was like, hey, we want to play in the NBA. There's wow. like, let's go. So Man. my dad was like, all right, bet. We moved to the U.S. Yeah. When I come here, 2000, 2005. Mm -hmm. um, this reggaeton artist named Funky mm. comes to Three Degrees, Club Three Degrees. You remember that? Uh, bro, I was just talking about Club <laughs> Three Degrees. If you see my Facebook page, post, yeah, yeah, I yeah. just posted about it. Um, are they even open yet anywhere? They're not. And okay. I kind of, let me not talk. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. Don't, don't. <laughs> um, so I, I went to this concert because my brother told me. I, uh -huh. I never liked music prior mm. to this. Uh, I was actually annoyed every time my brother would listen to music because he would blast it and, and to me it was like bro it's just a bunch of sound wow and it's annoying and it's making the house shake and then i just kept seeing all the negative things about it because uh -huh. for me I'm, your... I'm, I'm a one track kind of man like i was focused on basketball i didn't care about nothing else mm. right when i went to this reggaeton concert i remember from the first song mm -hmm. 
that this guy started singing, I felt something that I had never felt before. Mm. And and I, at that, at, right at that moment, I was like, whatever he's doing for me is what I want to do for other people. Wow, bro. But in that moment, I assumed that that feeling was the music was making me feel like that. Mm-hmm. So I spent years and years after that. After that, I never picked up a basketball again. After that concert? After that concert. Wow. Because I was like one track man, and then when when you, you take that picture of the basketball and you put the picture of the music, I like yeah. forgot the basketball even existed. Man, right? So I started just focusing on music because I was I was behind I was following that feeling. Mm. You wanted that same that music to capture that feeling. Mind you, I mm. I didn't even know about God. Mm. I just heard about music, and then this music made me feel this way. So I'm like two plus two is four. So I just gotta follow music because wow. music is what get gets people that feeling right. Yeah. So that's what I wanted to do for other people. So I'm like, I just started writing music and performing. And I'm not, not performing yet, producing. Yeah. Because who's going to produce for me? Man, I was going to ask you that. I was going to ask you how, because a lot of artists, Nico, don't do production. They don't understand yeah. it. They don't get into it. They don't even, some of them don't even write. Yep. So was that a part of the journey too? Like you had to do, you, were, you had to pick it up and say, look, I'm going to produce. I'm going to write. I'm going to. Record. I'm gonna mix. I'm a master. The thing is, so I was born '92. I'm talking. We're th- I'm 13 years old mm. by the time I I, I decided I want to do music. Mm-hmm. And some of the producers that were locally here that that we we got the opportunity to get with, yeah, um, they were charging like eight nine hundred dollars a beat Oof. for to a 13 th- year? to a 13 year old that don't even have a job. Like I didn't even have a computer. Man, <laughs> we were not wow. the best place economically. So I'm like, how am I gonna? Right. So my brother downloaded mm. illegally. <laughs> FL Studio. I have mine legally now, but back Trust then me, we've been there. We've all been there, bro. He he downloaded a cracked version of FL Studio, yeah. um, and then he just started making beats. Man, and I was just like observing him while he was making them, mm-hmm. and I noticed that I had more time than he did. Mm. He was probably sixteen, seventeen at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I had nothing but time. Wow. <laughs> so then I just like whenever he wasn't on the computer, I was on it mm. learning. To the point where, like, he started slacking, and I just, like, you took just over. took over. And so I just started producing, producing, producing. But at that point, I wasn't writing. I was just producing. Man. Because, mind you, the only thing that I was following was that feeling of, that music brought me. So you just I didn't even that. care about the lyrics. I just want, I wanted that feeling, right? Right. So it's almost like a junkie trying to get that, that second high, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, I was just following that, that feeling. I just wanted that feeling. So I started producing, producing, producing. Yeah. I'm talking, like... If I wasn't at school, I was producing. Wow, bro. I was producing until 3 or 4 in the morning, going to sleep for a few hours, going to school, coming back, doing it again, up until 3 in the morning. So production definitely took the place of the love and the passion for basketball. That's it. Now, when that happened, what did your parents say? Because they, they, they moved you to the States for basketball, <laughs> right? And then you all of a sudden said, look, I, got, I have I would have disowned me. I would have disowned me. Mm. If I was them, I would have disowned me. They have never mentioned it. Really? Never have had they mentioned it. My parents. Wow. Till about a few years ago, they were still buying my flights to for me to go to pursue my dreams. Wow, bro. Yeah, man. My parents man. have been so supportive of everything. I I owe them everything. They are remarkable, man. bro. I want to shake your parents' hands, bro. That's <laughs> remarkable. For real. You know, I've always admired adversity and music. Sorry, diversity. Not yeah. Diversity. Diversity in music. And like different sounds and different cultures and different things. And you have tapped into not only the Spanish audience, but you tapped into the the English audience. And you did it seamlessly. A lot of artists can't do that. Man. 
what was that like for you? How did you do it? How did you kind of break that mold? And how do you connect with both cultures so authentically? So that's actually funny because the way you see it now, mm-hmm. th- that is a plus for me. It used to mm-hmm. be something that, that worked against me back mm-hmm. in the day. Because when I, when I first actually started writing and I started releasing music, I almost sounded too American for the Latin audience. Mm. But I was in Spanish, so I was too Latin for the English audience. Wow. So a, a lot of the times that I would meet with like executives and like different people, they'd be like, you just got to pick a side. Mm. Right? And I, I grew up in the U.S., so like, even though Spanish is my first language, mm-hmm. like, and I think in Spanish, and I, like, I have to translate whenever I'm going to say something in English, I have to translate it from Spanish in my head first. Wow. But I grew up in this culture. Mm. So like... All the references when I'm writing, like like all my references are like English. You know right, what I mean? So like right. so all my punchlines, like I'm I'm thinking them in English. I'm like, how do I translate this? <laughs> yeah, exactly, bro. That's you know? tough. Wow. So so for me, it was it was at first it was hard because it's like, uh-huh. but that's not me. Like if I have to pick a side, yeah. I'm, I'm denying to a whole side of who I am. Mm. So then I just I just said screw it. I'm just gonna keep doing it. So wow. I just kept doing it, and eventually like. Uh, what really helped me like dive into that English world was mm-hmm. uh, there was an event that True Serva uh, was having. Was it the? Um... They were having a at the the Urban Hub, I think it's called, or something. Oh, like that, on Urban Lake. Jerusalem. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I don't. I'm not sure if that's what. Okay. It, it's on Lake Street and Third or something like that. Oh, I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, I went to the, this event, and uh-huh. then um, he was the only the only English speaker there. Mm. And, and everybody else was Latino and all Spanish event. Then at the end, uh, he introduces me to this guy that's doing a festival in, in Wisconsin. And then he's like, oh, we want to add some, some Spanish to it. So yeah. you should come with. Yeah. And I go to this, in, to this whole English festival, wow. me being the only Latino. And then I'm, I'm over here thinking, like, how am I going to get these people like, involved yeah. if they don't understand? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but we just said, let's just do it. Right. We, we did it. People absolutely loved it. Wow. It really felt like a Zumba class, to be honest. Do you know what I mean? Like they, the <laughs> they music is really it. like, yeah, they didn't understand it, but they, they still rocked with it. Um, and then Man, after that, lovely. I was like, you know what? There, there, there is an audience there for that. And I think, Nico, music is extremely universal. It's yep. a universal language, right? Like there are sounds, there's, there's emotion, there's... There's something that you can get from a song, and yep. I feel like you do that really well with your music, Man, which you. is the reason why it crosses over into each audience. Mm. Um, I, uh, I'm i going to give a shameless plug here. You produce one of my biggest played songs. Let's go. No bueno. No bueno. No bueno. <laughs> Bro, like, when you produced a song, um, I think it was one of those songs that you made, and you were like, I'm not going to do nothing with it. Yep, yep. Go ahead. I have a whole folder of, like, 2,000 songs like that. That's sitting there. That's just crazy. <laughs> My brother gets so mad at me because till this day he's like, "Bro, just do something with them." And I'm just like, "It's, it's like going uh-huh. to the gym or it's like playing." Like I, I compare it always to the sport of basketball because that's just that, mm. it, even though I stopped playing basketball, that's still embedded in me, right? So it's yeah. like, just because you're good at basketball, don't mean you stop practicing. Mm. So like, actually, the best players are pra- are constantly practicing, practicing right? Yeah. So it's the same way. Like mm. I can have like ten great songs and be like, "Oh, my album's done." But that don't mean that tomorrow I'm not writing any, another song. That's fine. And I'm writing and I'm writing and I'm writing and I'm writing. Sometimes I'm at Target mm. with my wife and I'm writing. Mm. Like my voice notes. <laughs> Somebody said that there's a difference between being talented and being dedicated. Ooh. And your dedication will bring you where talent can't bring you. Mm. And I feel like that is the philosophy that you go by. Like 
you took, I mean, you, you were like, here's a song. Yeah. And for me, it was great. And for you, it's like, bro, that was just one of my, <laughs> but your, your dedication is what makes you stand above most average artists. And I think that is a beautiful but thing. But that also bro. speaks on your vision mm. for you. Because what I couldn't see, you could see. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's been numerous times where I like send a beat pack to, a, to an artist mm-hmm. of, of some beats and I'm like, ah, right, whatever, this is what I have here. Mm-hmm. And they create a massive hit out of it, something that has millions of streams till now. And I'm just like, what? out of that? <laughs> <laughs> That's facts, man. That's facts. Um, let's get into your album, bro. And let's I go. hope I don't chop up the name, Buzon de Vos. Buzon de Vos. Buzon de Vos. Yeah. Okay. And it means voicemail in English, right? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Voicemail. Voicemail. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I, I I was listening to the project all week. It's completely in Spanish. <laughs> yeah. You do have some English yeah, yeah, yeah. in it, but one of the songs that I'm not going to get into the song yet. Mm-hmm. First, let's get into what it what the project meant. Like, what was the meaning behind it, and how did you come up with the name? Yeah. So every project that you see, I like being transparent. Mm. Like I I believe that the only way that we not only as Christians, but as humans can grow yeah. is being transparent and being honest and open about what we're going through in the moment. Mm. Uh, we've created uh, we created a space where most people feel like they can't be real with you. Facts. Um, and, I, and I feel like the only thing that happens when you hide stuff is that creates more. Message! Yes, I make, you know, you know what I preach, mean? Bro. Nothing, nothing, nothing gets clean in the dark. Facts. So I just put everything out there. Mm. Um, whatever we're going through, we're, we've my wife and I, we run the ministry together, and we've mm. learned that just everything needs to be out there. Mm. If it can help somebody else heal and grow, then why not? Man. So every project that you see of mine speaks about where I am in that moment. Man, I love right? it. This one, um, I, was getting, I was getting right back into that, that mindset of, like, it was really affecting me more than, than it should, mm-hmm. seeing, seeing other people and social media comparison, and mm. you already know that. I think me like, and you talked about yeah. that a little earlier, yeah. So I decided I'm just going to disconnect for a little bit, mm. um, knowing that I needed to turn in an album, and knowing that, that the label was like, well, you need to, this, this piece of content, this piece of content, I'm like, I need to disconnect for a little bit. Yeah. So that idea of Buzón de Voz, which is like voicemail, it was almost uh-huh. like, I need to disconnect. And mm. and just connect to the source. Wow! And if you need to, if you need to contact me, like hit up the voicemail. Hit up the voicemail, man. <laughs> like, Bro, like I'll get back to you at some point. That's you know powerful. I mean? It says so much about yeah. just us as humans. We could get so bogged down with everything that's going yeah. around us, right? And you're trying to keep up with social media. You're trying to keep up with things that are happening in life. And sometimes you do need to unplug and go to Bro. the source. Bro. Because your healing is at the source, right? That's where your respite is. That's where your everything you need to kind of recharge and be able to be who you who you for need real. to be for yeah. yourself. Yeah. Because if you don't show up for yourself, who's gonna show Man. up? You know. It's, and even even the taking the spiritual side of like away just for your mental health. Like sometimes mm. you just need to not, like not see what everybody else is. Because nobody's gonna post. My pastor says something that I love. He says everybody posts. Uh, mm. Tuesday night date night, but nobody posts Friday night fight night. You know what Facts. I mean? Because so like, you think everybody's marriages are amazing. You mm-hmm. think everybody's rich. Yep. You think everybody's song is popping off. You think everybody's Man. concerts are full, and then you're just like, why is that not happening for me? Right. Because all we see is these highlights. Exactly. We never see the exactly. valleys. 
We only see the mountaintops. Exactly. So then we think mm. everybody lives at the mountaintop Man. except us. Message. <laughs> Man, bro, that's powerful. Yeah. Man, thank you for sharing that. Um, so a song on the album, Papa. Mm-hmm. Bro, I listened to it like 10 times this morning. Let's go. And I was almost in tears. Yeah. I was in tears with you. Let's go. And can you talk about the meaning behind that song and what it was like to record that and yeah. keep those raw emotions in the recording? Yeah. Because some artists will take that out. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like you kept that in there and, and I connected with it so much more, bro. Can you talk to First, our audience about I didn't that? even know that it was still recording. Mm. Like at the end, if you see, like I'm even like I'm not even on on beat, and it's like almost off key, because mm. I was almost like I, I was kind of going like, oh, maybe I should say it this way, like ba ba ba. I was almost like, mm. as I was crying, I'm like thinking different things, but then like we went back and it was still recording. I was like, just leave it. Man. But that song, um, I have a big testimony about that song. Not the way that it was written, but the mm. first time that I showed it to to anybody. Mm-hmm. I was in a writing camp with Funky. Mm. The same guy, the same guy who you saw when you were 13 years old and you had that feeling and you changed your life. And now you're sitting, he he flew me out to Orlando to do a writing camp for his album. We sat down, whatever. One of the nights we're just like, we've done all the work that we need to do. We're just chilling. Everybody's showing what what they got, what's coming up. Yeah. So I pull out this song. There's a room full of like six grown men. Mm. I play this song and I'm like rapping it as as it's going, like Mm. not even looking at anybody, just rapping it. When I look back, all these men have teared eyes. Wow, man. And I realized at that moment that, like, we have a whole generation that one way or another had a missing, missing father figure in their life, right? Yeah. Either if the father was there but wasn't there, because, mm. like, my dad, my dad was, my dad was present, but mm. when I was born, he moved to Spain mm. to, create a, to try to create a path for a better life for us. Wow. When I went to Spain, he came to the U.S., Mm. So it's like I I didn't get to to have a first real conversation with my dad un, until I was 25 years old. Man. But not because he was a bad dad, but because he was trying to make it's a just, way. It's what he had to do. Man. Right? But it's just like everything has a consequence. So I I almost put those feelings into a song mm-hmm. because it was like, well, it's not word by word what what happened to me, but I just mm-hmm. I put okay, what is what is something that everybody can identify with? It's like you Either someone who identifies that their father is not there completely, or someone who it is there, but yeah, he's either too just too tired to even spend time with you. Mm. And I just want to make sure I don't do the same mistake with my son, bro. You know? I, I I heard you mention your your grandkids in the in the song, right? You yeah. said something about your grandkids, and yeah, because it starts when like the kid is telling the kid is telling the dad like, hey, hey, dad, there's this girl I like. Mm. I want to ask my friends for advice, but they never even have a girlfriend. Like, I, I want advice from you, right. but you're not even here. Man. So then it, it, then it jumps into, like, hey, Dad, remember that girl I told you I liked? Like, yes, yeah, she told me she liked me, too. You mm. never told me I needed to use protection, so now she's pregnant. Like, and then it jumps up to, like, the dad died, and then he's, like, basically talking to him to the grave and then saying, like, you know what? I forgive you, even though, like, you, I, like you didn't help me how to get through all of that. Mm-hmm. But then now I had my son, and I did the same thing with him. The same thing I told you, he told me. Wow, so man. it's like repeating the cycle, right? So yeah. that for me is more like I want to make sure that I'm not traveling the world, mm-hmm. leaving my son behind. I love it, bro. You know what I mean? I love it, man. And, you know, that the reason I think that song resonates with me as well is because my father wasn't in my home. I didn't yeah. see my dad all the time. I knew my dad. He, he had great intentions, but he wasn't there 
all the time. He wasn't there the times I felt like I needed him. And a lot of us feel um, a little swayed by our fathers. And that father-son relationship could also show up in the way we see God the Father, Mm. right? Like how we look at God as the Father. Um, Do you think that that your relationship with God has um, given you a more a surrogate type feeling about your mm. father or did it help mend those broken pieces that were in your heart? I think it, yes and no. I, I, I never felt like I didn't have my dad. Mm. Um, especially now as an adult, like I, I understand the things that he had to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand that sometimes the man, uh, Something that I heard my dad say a lot growing up was like, I can't win, mm. is what he would tell me. And I never understood until now where he's like, if I'm home with you guys, I can't I'm not providing. And if I'm providing, I'm not home. He's like, I can't win. Man. You know what I mean? So now I understand it. Um, not only understand it, I respect it. And I'm thankful. Yeah. Because I see some of like some of the artists that are still in Dominican Republic yeah. that are like wildly successful in DR, uh-huh. but they can't get out. Wow. You know what I mean? And I see myself being able to, like, fly to Colombia, fly to Guatemala, fly to... And yeah. that we could take that for granted. That's but at true. the end of the day, like, my dad had his business in Dominican Republic. Mm. Like, I'm talking business owner. He wow. was very well off. And wow. he's here working in the kitchen. Man. You know what I mean? So it's like, at what point can I blame him or can I just be grateful for what he did? Yeah, that's uh, facts, bro. So that's just speaking for me. Yeah. Um, there is still hurt mm. because it's like, I, I, I had... I had Mixed feelings when I saw my dad play with my son. Mm. Because it's like, I'm grateful that he has, like, a grandfather. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it, it almost got me feeling like, oh, so you are, you are capable of that. Ah, right. Does that make sense? You are right. capable of showing So you feel affection. like you did miss that affection. Yeah, that, of course. Because we, we need that affection from our dads, too. A, yeah. lot, of, a lot of, you know, people have this, this, uh, this analogy that moms are the only ones that are affectionate. Yeah. But having that affection from dad is it's an affirming thing. It affirms who you are. It affirms yeah. like, you know, your your worthiness, and that's where you where we get our value from. And I think a lot of us miss that. Can you? I'm I'm gonna end here, but can yeah. you talk to the people about um, your family life and your ministry life and how you balance those two things? Uh. Somebody told me recently something that I, I take that to heart. It's not even about balance. Mm. It's about controlling the chaos. Because mm. balance, like, at the end of the day, uh, you're trying to say, like, okay, I'm going to spend this time with this time. It's more like, we, like everything we do is ministry. Mm. So it's not so much like, okay, I'm going to spend five minutes in ministry, and then I'm going to spend five minutes with my kids. Mm-hmm. It's just making sure our kids are involved as well. I love it. Does that make sense? Yeah. I want my kids growing up not, not angry that God took their dad their their dad and their mom away because my wife travels with me everywhere. Yeah, um, I want my kids to grow up knowing like I want to do full time ministry. Wow, like my dad. I love it, man. You know what I mean? I love it. And we went we went to a concert uh, a few months ago in Nashville, and we saw a band, a really really big band in in, the, in Latin community, mm-hmm. and they had like all their kids with them. Wow. So I told my wife, I'm like, I, we got to figure it out. Like, I, I got to travel with my kids now. <laughs> I love it, man. Thank you for setting the standard because mm-hmm. a lot of us artists, especially Christian artists, uh, we don't put family first. And I believe our family is our first ministry. Yep, 
Because sure. if we're, and if we're not getting that right, how can we go out on the road? How can we go anywhere yep. and teach if we're not taking family with us or taking you know taking that stance and saying this is my first ministry? Right. And I like the I like the fact that you said it's not balance. It's controlled. It's controlled the chaos, man. And that's that's life, man. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Well, you know, is there anything that you want to leave the people with before we? Nah, before man. We I'm off? just I, I I'm just grateful for everything that God's opening for you and for us. Yeah. Um, I feel like mm. it's been a long time coming. Facts, bro. <laughs> Facts. I feel the same thing, bro. Yeah, I'm, man. I'm so excited about where God is bringing you. I saw you were just at the Dove Awards a yeah, few man. weeks ago. Um, I don't know if you took any home or not, but nah, I not mean, but, but, but you will, you will be soon. Trust me. Thank I'm you. excited for what God is doing in your life. Um, I see, um, I see many, many people being won to the gospel because of your mm-hmm. testimony, because of your story. Um, and, uh, bro, we haven't even I'm started happy, talking man. yet, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, bro. Well, uh, thanks for being on. You're always welcome to come back and sit down with us at Power 104.7. Let's go. Uh, we are Team TNT Demolo here yeah, at, yeah. at the station. So, no, we're going to be playing you in rotation. And, uh, and much love, bro. Appreciate it, man. Thank Appreciate you for having you. me. For sure. <laughs> Yo, you just tapped into episode two of the Faith and Flow podcast. Make sure you check us out next month for our next interview. All right, y'all. Keep the faith. Keep the flow. God bless. Mm-hmm.